The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, and yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This year, for the second year in a row, I'm coaching my son Finn's basketball team of fourth and fifth grade boys here in Upper Dublin. Pray for me. We started practice about two weeks ago in preparation for our season, which begins in January. Early in December, things started off with a draft night where we pick our teams and make our best guess about what would make for a good team this year. We only have eight practices before our season begins, and so as I learned last year, we have to move quickly. During the first practices, we spend some time getting to know one another. We even wear little name tags. We evaluate their dribbling and passing and shooting and defense and see what we can do together. We work on our skills, we practice plays, and we figure out our identity as a team. And boy, do I have things to help me. Every practice, I take my pennies for the scrimmage, spots that I put out on the basketball court so they know where to stand, my playbook with all my drills in it, my coach's whistle, my practice plan, my whiteboard so I can draw plays during the game so we know where we're going, and even a bunch of name tags. You might say that these eight practices in December's are our team's version of Advent. Perhaps it's not surprising then that I picked the blue pennies. And I love coaching, and I love seeing what the kids can do and how they grow together over the course of the season, how they come together as a team. Um, As Coach Norman Dale in the great movie Hoosier said, five players on the floor functioning as a single unit, team, 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 no one more important than the other. And there are some amazing moments like in our second practice just last week during a, with a scrimmage during another team, we played so beautifully together. Our point guard was bringing it down the floor, and our forward flashed through the lane and put his hands up, and he hit him with the pass, and he scored right away. 
and I knew immediately that I was going to be seeing a lot of that kind of play this season. But then there are also times, like our practice yesterday, where we're trying to run our offense, our motion offense, and it just evolves into complete chaos with people running all around the court and having no idea what they're doing. Uh, It's like, as the theologians say, it's the now and not yet of the basketball season, like the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. It's not here yet. It's not fully realized. It's not all that God intends it to be, but we get flashes of it if we are watching carefully. Our gospel lesson for today begins with that towering figure of Advent, John the Baptist. He is Jesus' second cousin, and the stories of their respective births are intertwined throughout the gospel of Luke. John prepared people for Jesus' arrival, baptizing them in the Jordan River, calling them to repentance, announcing the coming of the long-awaited Messiah, prepare the way of the Lord. And for all of his efforts, John the Baptist is jailed by the Roman authorities and later beheaded with his head literally served up on a silver platter, which is where we get that phrase from. But for now in our reading, John is in jail, and he sends word through his followers to ask Jesus to confirm with Jesus that Jesus is the Messiah that he foretold. He asks, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? can imagine that John, who gave his life to prepare people for the Messiah, wanted to know that his work was fulfilled. He wanted to know that his work and his sacrifice were not in vain. He wanted to know before he died that the Messiah had come. And Jesus, never known to give a straight answer, says this. He says, "'Go and tell John what you hear and see.'" The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Now this is drawn directly from the prophecy of Isaiah 35, which we heard and saw in our video of the first reading. The prophecy said that this is what the Messiah would do, and Jesus is doing it. The blind see, the deaf hear, the poor hear the good news, the dead are raised. Jesus' answer is a long way, a powerful way of saying, yes, the Messiah has come. These things that he talks about, these are sort of like Jesus' calling card. Wherever these things and these kinds of things happen, you know Jesus is there. Advent is a season about training our eyes and our hearts to recognize those things, and to exhort one another to work for those things, to bring in this reality that is now and not yet. Advent is preparing to see, preparing to love, preparing to take the court as the people of God. And there was a, an example of this earlier this month that you might have seen in the Philadelphia Inquirer in an article called The Art of Survival. It tells the story of Doug Sanders, an artist, who had been raised in the main line, studied at the Philadelphia Academy of Fine Arts, but later became homeless. And the story goes like this. In spring 2015, Sanders found his way to the Lutheran Church of the Holy Communion in Center City. 
And there he met Reverend Violet Little, pastor of the Welcome Church, known as the Church Without Walls, which holds services and other programs at several sites in the city. Sanders went into a Tuesday Bible study and sat on the floor. As the group discussed the day's lesson, Sanders saw a 99-cent watercolor set on a table laden with activities for children. He picked up the set and began painting on a folder. By the time the Bible study was over, he had done a portrait of a woman in the class. It was amazing, Reverend Little said. He captured her soul on paper. As Sanders became increasingly involved with the church, the congregation began keeping paint and paper on hand for him and stored his work. And now Sanders has a show of his paintings at Cabrini University called Painting Without a Home, Selected Watercolors of Doug Sanders. An art professor at Cabrini who helped set up the show said this, this is an exhibit about an artist who happens to be experiencing homelessness. It's not about a homeless man who paints. And that distinction makes all the difference. Not a homeless man who paints, but an artist experiencing homelessness. And so he is defined not by what he doesn't have, but by what he does, his calling, his gift, rather than where he lives. And I think that is truly the way that God sees him and that God sees us. And this is just the kind of thing that happens when Jesus shows up. Community and connection happen. Restoration and reconciliation happen. Hope happens. Beauty happens. Love and acceptance happen. Our preconceptions are challenged. Our assumptions are upended. It's one of the reasons that we love the Christmas story so much, because the same things happen there too. God chooses an unnoteworthy maiden named Mary to be the mother of God's own son, and her fiancé Joseph, a carpenter, to be the boy's earthly father. Jesus is born in a simple manger, surrounded by beasts of burden. His birth is first announced to lowly shepherds. At every turn, the lowly are lifted up, and human dignity and even animal dignity are affirmed. This is the calling card of Jesus. When mercy and justice break into the world, Jesus is there. And this is hugely important to remember today. You know, it's now being said that we live in a post-truth world. Have you heard that? A post-truth world. In fact, the Oxford Dictionary named post-truth as their word of the year. And they describe it this way as an adjective, defined as relating to circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. In a post-truth world, we don't rely together on a commonly held set of verifiable facts. Rather, we each retreat to our own individual feelings and perceptions to tell us what is true. And in such a post-truth world, it is hard to know what is true. It's hard to know what is holy. It's hard to know what is trustworthy, whether something is of God, and to know whether and how God is at work. 
But the scriptures show us over and over again that when Jesus shows up, these are the things that happen. When he is born in his life and ministry, when he dies and when he rises again, time and again when Jesus shows up, the lowly are lifted up, the broken are made whole, the discarded are restored, the forgotten are remembered. Mercy, charity, is accompanied by justice, the end of structures of oppression. This is the truth of Christ in a post-truth world. And Paul urges the church in Philippi and the church in every age to attend to that truth. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This Advent, we are God's team, the church. And this is our time of preparation, getting ready not just for Christmas Day, but getting ready to see Christ every day, getting ready to be Christ every day, and to do God's work of mercy and justice every day so that our neighbors and our world will know that Christ is here that God is with us. It's what happens when Jesus shows up. Amen.